That's my chain. Talk shit at this part. About how like the world didn't see it coming. That's my chain. Now you know this fresh, right? You didn't know. I'm so wild. They call me for local, so local. Where they do. Hello and welcome once again to the Two Square Girls podcast. Um, for those of you who are wondering, the last pod episode that was released is yet again another school project. So this is actually episode 31. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, D, how are we doing? Wait, are you 31 yet? I am. I'm almost yes. 32. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're both 31. This is episode 31. Um, you know, it's meant to be. Um, yeah. How are you feeling today? I'm okay, just tired. <laughs> yeah it's it sucks being tired in the morning <laughs> because it's like I know, where, yeah, it's where like, do I go from here <laughs> I have nowhere to go but even further down <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of naps I don't know um I yeah. I always think that a, a nap is like a reset button in my day <laughs> yeah I know it's I I I miss naps. I used to be able to take them when I was taking clonazepam. Like, it was a benzo, but after I stopped oh. taking that, I couldn't take naps anymore. Yeah. Um, it. And speaking of uh, <laughs> of uh, meds, how how was your... Tel- I, can we talk... Should we, like, address the fact that you had an appointment, or... Oh, yeah, I mean, the I telehealth... Oh, yeah, the telehealth <laughs> appointment that I had. Yeah, I know. Telehealth is, like, so weird. But, um, it was... Yeah, I... They just basically didn't really have anything to say you know they just I, I just went over my same old issues and they they just wouldn't give me the medicines that I wanted so whatever yo that's why they have to see you in person so they're like oh okay makes sense you know um yeah yeah what a what a vibe I I also think that um <laughs> as a continuation from uh last week's episode should we oh my god should we talk about since we're on this track should we talk about group versus individual therapy oh yes yeah (laughs) Um, maybe we can we can use that as a segue to our um to our listeners for uh this next this next segment which will be um people or artists who uh didn't make it but we wish they did yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah we're (laughs) we're on it's a it's a monday episode for sure um you know mondays are always a little (laughs) it's a kickoff to the week but it's also like a little bit um you know it's i'm I'm a real garfield on monday yeah i said that before where i'm like i need my lasagna and my nap and uh you know my coffee um that cat had it made you know i know I, yeah. I mean, and especially eating lasagna all the time. It's like, yeah, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> I, I do, you know, I do think that there's, um, there's something to be said for the, the like kind of leisurely life. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think that it's not like it's, that's everyone's aim, but then people work really hard to that point and then they can't like enjoy it when they yeah. get to that point. A scam. Yeah. That's what that I, is. That's that's true. <laughs> it's it's very it's it's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and for the most part, I think that you know it's funny that we place so much value on on things that are seem like they would be relaxing, but then I also know people who they're like professional relaxers. Like all they do is relax. They're so unhappy. <laughs> They're super unhappy. And yeah. I'm like, what's the matter with you? You have it. You have the life. And uh, um, finding moments of leisure within moments of hard work and, uh, 
and uh, et cetera, goaling. I think goaling <laughs> is a much better um, term than adulting because yeah. I know I know plenty of adults who just don't give a shit. And I think a lot of people think I'm one of those. So I should probably stop talking about that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So you've been in both settings, right? What was it like for you for group versus individual? In group therapy, I always found that usually one person always monopolized and that the group leader didn't do much to try to mitigate that that fact. Ah. Um, or or the, if somebody did speak up, then they weren't validated either by the group leader or the other people in the group and they'd end up feeling hurt. And um, that person ends up usually with me, the person who, who like, when they finally said something, yeah, it wasn't, like, it seems like nobody really even just weren't even listening or they just didn't want to even respond. Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, sorry if I said something too intense. God. <laughs> yeah, like, I thought we were here to heal. What's happening? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I tend to be the monopolizer, um, but not on purpose. <laughs> uh, not because I want to, but because I feel like I, I should utilize my time. Well, yeah. because it's such a tenuous like thing. I'm like, this is really important because like, what if I don't have this time or I get, you know, it, yeah. it's especially because it feels like there's, there's good kind of places where they're helpful. And then there's places where it literally is just like reading out of a pamphlet. That's like, my least favorite. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I meant to address that also is that so many groups you, you they would just give out a, a worksheet and then everybody would read a lot a line aloud and we wouldn't even talk about it afterwards yeah like, I think what talking is that about it afterwards is super important i also yeah. think that making sure that people are um able to integrate what they're like i mean for i guess for like super depressed like i knew like when there were times where i just couldn't like function like just yeah. being somewhere routinely did end up being sort of helpful but it wasn't until I actually like honestly a lot of it was just waiting it out which sucks because I know because it's a spiral right like you don't do something for a little bit you feel bad and then all of a sudden it's like paralyzing so I think those things are supposed to be like a jump start almost you know like yeah and so it's funny that um that people uh you know it especially with group settings I find them to be at least somewhat helpful, especially right now, because of the fact that everyone's been isolating and had to isolate. Mm. That social interaction and, like, socialization should take precedence because there's too much, there's too much, like, you know, there's too many unknowns. We had, like, a whole, like, I think people are taking, like, people are kind of, like, taking the pandemic factor out right now, which they shouldn't for various reasons, but... The main one being that we're all, like, humans as social creatures, like, we need people around us in order to, like, know how to be people. <laughs> That's true. And I know. Yeah, and if you're around a bunch of people who don't know how to do that in, like, a, you know, in a, in a no, I don't want to say normal, because normal is different for everybody, but I would say in a more feasible way where, where we're, like, able to get along without transgressing on one another's like feelings rights etc like that's a good thing you know and and that does take practice because most people they're not like that naturally um people are very as especially the older people get or I don't even want to say the older but you know um the more that happens to people 
people who have gone through a lot of stuff and then they're in those settings like yeah. the more that happens the more the, the like less inclined they are to want to try and I think that's yeah. that's where things get dangerous because people should always try you know even if things aren't working out um try it differently you know yeah um, yeah I and- think I always felt like I was gonna bring everybody down whenever I um thought about speaking up in a group I think that was always my problem oh well I also think that when it comes to that part of it um it depends on how the person the group person receives it you know because it's like if they're looking at it like oh this person is such a downer then obviously they're gonna think that you're bringing them down but if they're looking at it as like oh like my problems can also be solved if this person has gone through all of this and is still here you know, like true. It's yeah. it's really about framing it, but that's hard to do, right? That's yeah. especially hard to do if someone's already feeling some type of way. And um, and it's funny that because as I'm saying this, I'm like looking at my um <laughs> my my laundry and stuff because I've been trying to put everything <laughs> away, but I've just been like busy doing other things. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Our environments are a reflection of ourselves. That's the first thing they teach you at these things. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> there's always there's always like the party lines that people say um especially because like it's almost like more motivating to people to get like people you know they're motivated by different things some people they are you know they're used to getting like you know motivated by like fear which sucks you know you never want to be motivated by fear yeah Um, some people it's like positive reinforcement so I think that when it comes to these type of things people are often really um they're just really like they don't know how to act in them either because they're like going through stuff or they're like they're just they're not they're not like certain how to like respond to things so they just respond how they've been responding to everything (laughs) in the world um (laughs) and uh, that includes myself right like if you get kind of treated a certain way for a certain amount of time you start to expect it and then if that doesn't happen and something else does you start to perceive it anyway that's how I think oh yeah therapy yeah Um, that's that's actually a really good point I think that's what was going on with me pretty much all throughout school is that I was used to being treated a certain way so if somebody acted another way I still assumed that they were acting the way I assumed everybody acted so that's 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 interesting yeah yeah perception (laughs) perception is one of those things where um, it can really screw with your head because sometimes it really is about, you know, what's happening in the moment. But then if you're so used to things not panning out, then you're going to start to believe that things aren't going to pan out and you're not going to trust. And, you know, like, I think there is a level of trust even in a group setting. You know, they have the rules where you're not talking about things outside of the group setting that are somebody else's like stories and oh yeah and you know that that kind of stuff is super important because um you know not because you know people they they do that all the time they tell tell each other about everything all the time it's not really about that it's more about the fact that um you know that's somebody else's like private life and to like reduce it to a story can can also make it really like it can take away from that person's like you know inherent right to like be a person you know yeah um, yeah it's, it makes it seem more just like 
like just like what you said a story like not a real human experience but just like some kind of a fable (laughs) yeah yeah speaking of real human experiences that get turned into stories let's talk (laughs) about people who uh we wish made it but didn't um yeah that was a good segue huh it was yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh, oh we didn't go over the versus individual should we do that first oh sure yeah um yeah individual it's like i have an easy time just speaking up i probably say too much actually and just the therapist probably gets sick of hearing me like yeah well it's their job right that they chose, yeah. they chose that life so <laughs> um you know um i i also think that it probably helps them understand you more if they consistently see you and yeah. see differences i think that's really what they're looking for more than anything um is to see if there's a difference between like how you're per- like you know seeing and, and perceiving the world because there's nothing they can really do to change your situation that's all on you right like yeah that's, for the most part that's on that's on like one's own life they're just there as like a resource um and and you know as a as professionals hopefully and and that's like really important you know um because they're objective to an extent um and you know they their their job is to like be like caring and help you care about your own life because I think that that's really where the root of the issue is for most I know that's what it is for me you know at some point I stopped caring about my own life and it did a lot of weird things to me you know um Mm -hmm. I often joked on this pod because there was an episode on this pod where um things that didn't exist but we wish still did and we (laughs) talked about like (laughs) we talked about all sorts of things and um and uh, one of the things I remember thinking was, I don't know if I said it on that pod episode or on a different pod episode, but I was like, I've left like ideation of like, you know, the uh, the offing of life and, and like in like my 20s, like it's 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 a pa- it's in the past. It just a it seems wildly irresponsible because we're in a pandemic. <laughs> People are <dying. laughs> like they're trying to live like I, I can't be out here being like, oh, woe is me. Like, I mean, I can, but it's not going to like change anything. Um, and and also because like I think by now I have gotten to a stage in life where I kind of want to see how things turn out you know that's yeah that's a good attitude (laughs) you know I'm curious and and I also high key want to um because you know we we talk about people who became recluses or like hermits um I'm veering towards that to be real like me too it, it feels like something that would be quite uh quite quite nice but then I also realized that you know the thing I said in the beginning about like socialization that's super important so like I guess I can I can like right now I always tend to do like you know try to balance things out so um I think right now it's important to be like social etc and then who knows maybe somewhere down the line I'll just become an anonymous reclusive poet type and then um you know (laughs) reborn as like some annoying like professional corporate person because I think I have to do that in order to know that I like I already know I'm not gonna like it but I also like I'm like well I I also you know should do it in a way where perhaps you know actually apply myself to it instead of just assuming because there are parts of it that are beneficial and then there are parts of it that really aren't beneficial yeah so um finding the finding the right balance is key and um for the most part I think that when it comes to the people who we wish made it but didn't 
they they just you know they had some they had some shit happen they probably saw some shit they probably felt some shit um and they created great art and that's probably how that happened too you know it's a they lived in these extremes and and um that's how they like created stuff that people were like wow I really resonate with this you know it's like yeah, yeah. probably um you know they were like yeah you know like we and and uh and I think that's that's even like something that someone brought up when I was like oh yeah I write poetry they're like wow don't most poets die and like uh. very miserably and I'm like I, I'm sure there are a lot who didn't what are you trying to say like <laughs> I know yeah it's like yeah I mean of course there's Dylan Thomas and Sylvia Plath who had tragic ends but there's I'm sure there's a ton of others who had just you know lived or, their lives yeah, out Yeah, they were just living their lives and and I think it's funny because um we uh, we often like seem to gravitate or glorify the ones who like didn't make it or they had some sort of tragic end and I'm like, that sucks. I'm sure they wouldn't like that if they were alive. Like, yeah, that's that's you know? true. I mean, they. It's like I think that's Sylvia Plath is like considered this like you know people associate her just like with, with suicide and death, and it's yeah, like um what the heck? She, she was actually you know I'm reading her biography right now. I've read several yes. biographies of her, and she was um very full of life and determination. So it's like, and that's what she there's several quotes about her actually talking about how much she wants to experience life so much and it's like i'm sure that's what she'd want to be remembered for not not her moments of bleak depression Mm. well yeah Yeah. and and i think that you know like people they often get really um they like as much as people are like oh like you know don't talk about this kind of stuff it's triggering people love sensationalism they do and there was a sensational end to that that sort of idea and and it's wild because I also think that when it comes to, like, how people perceive um, others, they're like, oh, this one was a depressed poet, but they're like, but at least she got all this fame and recognition. I'm like, you really want that kind of fame and recognition where, like, you know, people are, <laughs> people, you know, like some, and I think, what was her whole thing? Okay, so since you're reading her biography, what was her whole thing with Ted Hughes? Wasn't that a whole thing? Um, that, that was part of it. I mean, but but her depression problems started pretty much right after her dad died when she was a kid. Um, she right. started having emotional problems after that. But Ted Hughes, he, I don't know if they were particularly healthy for each other. They were kind of competitive, and he was yeah. kind of a little. He was kind of all very brooding and stuff, and wasn't. I don't know if he boosted her up very well. But um, I was gonna say the competitive <laughs> vibes of dudes is such a annoying part of of how you know like female artists and and writers and you know like even like singers and stuff they you know anybody who's in the arts who like they're I'm like the gender divide is already so huge why are you trying to make it worse like by being competitive like you know um yeah that, that really is omnipresent and probably now more than ever just with like all of the like exploitation and like stuff that we just hear about like people's like you know getting I don't know it's it's hard to like be I think in the world as a woman in the first place but also it depends because some people know how to play it well um (laughs) I and I I don't um I don't yeah I don't I I think sometimes people perceive that I do or they're like oh you totally (laughs) get treated differently because you're a girl and I'm like or like a woman you know and I'm like yeah probably but not always in a good way and like definitely not always in a way like it I, I feel like sometimes the cons outweigh the pros in in that column 
um, just because, yeah. you know, I, not that I'm like a, you know, self effacing, defacing or whatever, <laughs> but, but just in general, just looking at it across the board, like, especially with my like female friends, they have had to deal with a lot of nonsense. And yeah. oftentimes, in order to make it in whatever industry they're in, they either have to do one of two things, they either have to become like, hyper feminized or hypo hyper sexualized, or they go in the other direction. And they're like, you know, kind of have to like, go like, almost underground and in a way and, you know, do things behind the scenes or, yeah. you know, almost like LARP as a dude somehow like, oh, even, yep. yeah, even <laughs> like, you know, authors and stuff with pen names, when they have dude pen names, they tend to get published more that kind of thing. Um, I know I bet that happens even now I mean I think people associate with like the 1800s and stuff I bet it still happens now yeah and and you know and for sure it still happens because when people don't see things like when things are anonymous um and people are judging them in in an anonymous way um it's I, I think I've said this before on the pod where sometimes I'll write stuff and and you know it'll it'll be not me with my name on it on the bottom and people will be like wow what's that whoa it's so great and then as soon as I'm like oh I wrote it or you know it's like it's from here from this it's like oh like it's not that great anymore oh no like, all right well <laughs> I don't know what to tell you like I know my work is quality but I understand because you know and or the other way around where I'll think something is really good and then you know I'll show it to someone who does you know does appreciate my writing and they'll be like, oh, no, this isn't that great at all. And I was like, oh, okay. That's an objective point of view, probably. Because yeah. they're, like, not, you know, like, they're, they're actually, like, being honest at that point. I don't know. I think that honesty <laughs> and trust go hand in hand, which comes back to, like, probably why people didn't make it. They probably had some sort of, like, too many senses of betrayal, even if it's to themselves, right? Because that can yeah, happen. That's true. Um, yeah, that's wild. I I think that okay, so we have Sylvia Plath. Who was the person that you mentioned from uh that you liked in high school? Oh, there was this um local author named Jeffrey Nutter who I his his name was very memorable. Great name. Um Great but, name. <laughs> he like wrote this poem about like calling a doctor and wanting to commit saying he wanted to commit suicide, but it was just a robo voice on the other side of the phone or something like that. And I just thought, Oh, it's so cool, you know, in high school. <laughs> um and I thought that he, you know, fell into obscurity and never made it, but it turns out I looked him up and he got four books of poetry published, was a teacher at the Iowa Writers Workshop what? and is now working as a Greek and Latin teacher in New York. So, you know, I guess he didn't fall into obscurity. He made it. Oh, he made it. Well, that's he nice. just isn't he just isn't well known, but he's maybe probably you well know, known in poetry circles. That's probably better because yeah. being well known is so overrated. It's super it overrated because I think when people know about other people's like stuff, they're like, oh, cool. But they also there's also so many haters. I mean, I like to think that all 11 listeners of this pod are not including <laughs> us. Actually, 10, because there's two. This I think last time I checked, it might even be less. Last time I checked, it was nine. It was 11. So there's two of us, so the nine. So the nine listeners, <laughs> I'm hoping they're all hate. Like the, the I think it was I think it was Taylor Swift. <laughs> <He said. laughs> you know, I don't think she said this at all, but it sounds like something she would say. You know, her haters are her biggest fans, right? Um, oh yeah. Fans because the people who don't like you are probably the ones who, or like, are looking for something to pick out or something wrong, are probably the ones listening to your stuff the most and like reading your stuff the most. 
Um, so I like to think that. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Fair Hive. Uh, I'm sorry if you're not a hater and you're a true fan. Um, you're, you're, regardless, you're still Square Hive because uh, you're listening now. Uh, 23 minutes in. <laughs> I I have to check the analytics. Oh, did I tell you my Anchor app started stopped working for a bit? Yeah. Oh, that, that's weird. Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I confirm. Um, or maybe Illuminati adjacent. I want to make that the title of the episode, but I won't because, again, I'm not trying to attract the wrong attention. <laughs> Got on the on FBI Monday. list. Yeah. <laughs> on a Monday, no less. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, what should we title this episode? Because it's about people. Uh, maybe we could do Nutter adjacent. Or, oh yeah. yeah. I gotta I gotta move off the adjacent thing. That's aging me. I think I, I think people <laughs> people are like, wow, that's they. As, well, then again, we are the two square girls. So you know, as soon as we like something, it stops being cool. That's yeah. the, that's why that's why we're not talking about House of Gucci right now because everyone is. <laughs> so it's too it's too mainstream. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I waited an entire year after Titanic came out to see it because I thought it was too mainstream nice. at first. So yes, yeah. nice. it was too mainstream. Um, <laughs> it it was. I mean, I get it was a huge cinematic whatever whatever, um, and that's all good and fine. But it was mainstream, and not that there's anything wrong with that because when you because when I went places, people would always ask about that movie, and I'd be like, why do you guys keep talking about that? There's been seven hundred <laughs> movies that came out since then. You guys are still talking about that one. But I guess because it was such a, a huge ass deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. It. <laughs> but um. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about it next week after all the hot takes are over. Um, okay. And people have a uh, people have stopped stopped talking about it. Um. And uh, you know. Yeah. Maybe you can make it out to the movie theater. Um. How, I hope how, so. Yeah. How are how are things in Wisconsin? For those of listeners who don't know, um, D has now moved to Wisconsin. Um. So you know, chilling. Uh, and, <laughs> and <I'm laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. you're like, yeah, really. Well, is it cold there? I guess weather. Um, it is. It's it's actually warmer today. It's like more like forty degrees. Um, okay. I drove in the snow for the first time over the weekend, and I did, I did skid once, but that was all. Everything else is okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Snow. Snow is pretty um, at least. It is very pretty. Um, I will say this about anybody thinking about moving into the country, though. Think about septic tanks. You have to have it empty to probably once a month, and then while you're waiting for the person to come and empty it, you can't take a shower. So for the next two days, I'm gonna have to be showering via a sink because the septic tank guy is gonna can't get here for two days. So anybody moving to the country, just 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 consider that it's not fun. Well, okay. So here's my question because um, when I would uh, you know when I would be in. Uh, <laughs> And I'm not I'm not likening moving to the country to living in a third world country. But <laughs> one of the things that we do, would do is um, we do the bucket shower where you'd warm up oh. the water and then you'd you'd. But I guess if there's no place to drain it, it would just be sitting there. Um, I could I could put the bucket like in the shower and like let just let it go down the drain, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that could work. And then, you know, boil some hot water and yes. that way you have warm water. This is this. These are all. Uh, I would call them life hacks, but they're just like, <laughs> they're just like. Oh, this is sad because I can't do this, so I now have to improvise. So have, <laughs> there's always there's two. There's a giant bucket, you know. There's a there's a giant bucket, and then there's like the smaller like handheld type thing where okay. it's like, you know, and and you use that. It almost looks like a jug, um, and then you use <laughs> that to do your shower. So um, I think that cool. might be more comfortable than a sink. 
Yeah, um, it kind of hurt my neck doing it. This thing. <laughs> yeah, it might. I think that might be better because you know you could have it. Uh, you could you could do that, and then you'll at least have hot water, and you'll be able to wash your hair. Um, yeah, and all that good stuff. And it's actually not like once you get the hang of it, it's actually not that different from just like playing when you were a kid, like in the bathtub. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like it's very similar to that. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> And so I don't know that that's an option, I suppose. Um, True. This is, you know, the struggle is real in, in Wisconsin and, and <laughs> I, not even really. I think it's just like once you get used to it, like in a, in a general sense, I think that you'll find that there's like pros and cons to there. Like what's, yeah. a, what's, a, good, what's a good thing? What's something you like? Um, it's, it's much more quiet. And um okay. and slow paced, which is nice because it's like it was it's not overstimulating. I get overstimulated easily, yeah. so that, that's probably the best part. <laughs> that that is a that is a positive, and it's probably really good for just like relaxing and reading. Have you been doing yeah. a lot of reading? I I've been doing a little more. I admit that I haven't been doing as much as I thought I would because like I'm distracted too often by other things. But um, I'm yeah. getting more. So I'm slowly doing it more and more, which is a, a good thing because the internet reception here sucks also. So it kind of forces me not to use the computer as much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I get that. I usually, um, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to not having internet, I always imagine that I am my own internet because I, that, that is really <laughs> what I do on the internet anyway. I just amuse myself and everybody else can just like deal with it. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. think of it. It's just my own personal use and diary. I, you know, yeah, I get that it's the information super highway. And yet there's so much like stuff that it can be overwhelming and overstimulating. So until and unless you do have something that because eventually, you know, you probably will have something more high speed and, and et cetera. Yeah, yeah we're know. working on it. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy it while while you can. Because eventually yeah. you'll be plugged back in and, you know, have all sorts of stuff coming at you. So, True. Um, yeah, and, and it's hard to do that because it's, it's not about the fact that, you know, you're using it all the time. It's just like if you do need it, is it there, you know? So yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of just that. It's like I, I like to know that I can do whatever I need to if, if I need to. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and so I understand. It, it does It does seem to be like that part of it seems like you know annoying but um you know I think that you're doing great for your first like move out of is this the first time you've ever been out of the state yeah so it's it's really bizarre I never thought that would be leave California so it's, it's it is strange <laughs> yeah um you know I it, it's I think it's probably like a lot more um just like visually different too yeah like, um, when you look but- out your window I have to say the main difference is that there's no mountains here, um, yeah. which I, I didn't really think about, but it's like, there's no mountains. So it, it's kind of, it, that that's just weird to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, is there, well, um, that is weird. Is it just like flat? It's pretty flat. I mean, there's a few little hills here and there, but it's, pr- it's basically just flat. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. It makes sense that it's, you know, it's like those planes. I'm still imagining that scene in Pride and Prejudice where she's just, um, oh yeah <laughs> that that seems apropos um and um yeah I mean 
is there been has there been any uh have you had any encounters with like wildlife or anything some small woodland creatures hmm. i guess i don't know if there'd be woodland there but... uh, uh, yeah there actually are a lot of woods um i think the most exotic thing i've seen so far is just a cardinal bird Ooh, like one of those red birds you yeah. to, did you want to see one of those i think we talked about that in one of yeah the episodes. and and i did i saw two of them actually like like pecking at nice. stuff outside together so that was really sweet <laughs> dude you should get into birding I think that would be yep. that would be like a, an excellent hobby, um, yeah. and even perhaps one that you could, uh, you know, it you could really get into and and you know get binoculars for, and it would just, oh, yeah. it would be like fun and probably also funny because yeah. you would probably see a lot of stuff that you didn't expect just whilst you're birding. Yeah, my fiance actually got a pair of binoculars specifically to look at birds with. He he want he said that he wants to be a birder, so that's that's something Whoa. we could do together. That, <laughs> that's so intense. I think being a birder and birding are probably two like <laughs> they're two of their own sort of things, and that's awesome though because I think that that is something you could do together. That would probably be fun. Yeah, um, and then you know, it, there's really no way to compete in that because you know you either see a bird or you don't and uh, you know if you don't you'll probably see one again they're birds so (laughs) 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 so that takes out that that part of it um hmm let's see what else oh we were still talking okay so george nutter seems to be his own uh brand which yeah you know good for him he reminds me of the character in Rushmore. I don't know if you ever saw that Wes Anderson movie, I did. but yeah, he 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 looks like that guy. And also, since he's teaching Latin and Greek, it's like he literally is that guy. He's oh, in I that remember, movie. I remember yeah. a line from that movie. It was like, <laughs> "Now, for some of you, it doesn't matter. You were born rich, and you'll stay rich. And then, but here's my advice to the rest of you: take dead aim on the rich ones, get them <laughs> in the crosshairs, and take them down. Remember." You can buy anything, but you can't buy backbone. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why I remember that speech, but I can't remember where my keys are. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I, I have the same thing. I remember yeah, whole passages from movies and then I just yeah, I can't even remember appointments <laughs> or anything. Yeah. I'm I have crossed the threshold into oldum and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I always, I always talked about how um, it's really important to have a bit of like an curmudgeonly old attitude. <laughs> where yeah. <I> go. <laughs> we had yeah. at high school. We had a we had a history teacher who talked about like he he gave this. I I don't know if you um he was like the really old one, the super old uh, history teacher. I, oh yeah, I never had him okay. unfortunately, but I know who so, you're talking about. Yeah. So you know, he had this sort of rep for being like a hard ass and like kind of you know old and boring. But I thought he was hilarious personally. <laughs> I thought he was. I so thought funny. he was. Yeah, I came across him a few times and I thought he was funny. A, curmo- he a was funny curmudgeon. Yeah. He always because he always talked about how like you know he always talked about the nature of like money and currency and he's like, how do you know that you're getting paid anything? I mean, I get a bunch of numbers in my account and I move the numbers from one place to another place and that's how it is and I'm like wow you just described cryptocurrency and it wasn't even around then (laughs) (laughs) so you know I I thought it was really funny that um so his his whole thing was that oh you know if you uh if you go through life as a as an optimist you'll always be like disappointed but if you go through life as a pessimist you'll always be pleasantly surprised when things go right I, yeah. I totally agree with that philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I should go into things thinking that things are going to go wrong because they're also 
is something to be said for like if you walk into something with like a bad attitude you know it'll turn out terribly yeah but I think that my happy-go-lucky positive outlook on life might be a little too like naive um for (laughs) it for me to become any sort of like you know anything but at the same time if I don't have anything then I also have nothing to lose um that's true so there's that but you know again I digress um that's more for like artists who didn't make it (laughs) oh (laughs) um who okay so who else do we know that didn't make it but we wish did should we talk about Kurt Cobain yes him and Shannon Hoon are two 90s rockers who I wish had continued Yeah. yeah 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 I think so too I think they ought to have continued because um everyone was really sad when they left which is a good indication that they were doing something right like you know (laughs) if a bunch of people are sad that you're gone and like genuinely sad and not just like sad for their own weird reasons yeah um, that's generally a sign that you've made an influence um in the world and and also I think that it's probably just one of those things where um it's like a numbers thing which I hate to say but low key, it can become like it's a numbers thing, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, it's like a young, it's like they have this, like, I don't know, they, they develop this mystique because of what could have been in a way. It's like, it's that mm-hmm. unfulfilled potential that people like find fascinating. Should we pull a Huckleberry Finn a la Samuel Clemens and uh, just fake our own <laughs> demises to see um, how yeah. things go? Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, I've often thought I would be curious to see what would happen. You know, I'd probably be disappointed, but um, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think you'd be disappointed, but I do think that it would break the illusion of, and also like it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf thing, like. Where, you know, if people found out that it wasn't, A, it's illegal, I'm pretty sure. I think it's, like, fraud or something. And yeah. B, <laughs> they never brought that up in Huck Finn. Um, I know, yeah. I know, but they thought off because they were minors, yeah. <laughs> well, minors and, like, a slave, right? Like, that was a that was a thing. Wasn't that also part um, of it? It was it was the, the the faking the death thing was in Tom Sawyer and it was just Tom Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn who did it and the adventures of Huckleberry Finn had the um the slavery aspect but Tom Sawyer was kind of more just a little more lighthearted I guess and that's why they got off I guess <laughs> wow I guess I guess if you're just like it was a joke like people are, <laughs> people are less inclined to like be all I don't know I think most of life is 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 a cosmic joke so it's okay um I know it is I think we're in some kind of a some kind of a board game well it's a it's the simulation right like that's the whole theory the whole game theory is that like we're all in a simulation and uh people like whenever things go bad it means like someone's trolling us in the simulation (laughs) I know I think so I really do um I guess if that's someone's because you know that's that's the that's the whole Elon Musk thing where that's what he that's basically what where he like you know that's his whole idea and I'm like that's probably what's like you know in his mind to keep him motivated and keep him going um you know he's person of the year really did he buy that though I think he bought that I think he did it's like my mom was saying how did he get person of the year and it's like well yeah I think he bought he probably bought it I mean it's it's only like you know logical that that happens um and that wasn't a star trek reference i don't watch star trek but it could have been though it's a <laughs> i'm sure i've heard that in some trekkies circles but um it it makes sense because all of these like like and people a lot of people don't know this but in most places like 
Yelp reviews and, and things that you look up online, a lot of those things are bought, like searches oh. and stuff. Like most of that, like, hey, this is the best thing of the year, or this is the, you know, this one, this one won the best thing. Um, no one, no one votes. Like it's, it's all, it's all money based. Like you pay money and then they put that on the on the thing, and then people want to go to it because it's the quote unquote best. Um, you know, not knowing that that's mostly subjective. Uh, and your experience is wholly dependent on like random factors most yeah. of the time. Even if you had a good experience <laughs> one time, doesn't guarantee you will another time. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. If, you know, if those things are are bought, you know, those those things like on on the like Yelp reviews and things like that are mostly bought. And you know, the mm. best whatever of the year is mostly bought. Because who was it that won Sexiest Man Alive? Wasn't it what's his face Ryan Reynolds? Is that who it was? <laughs> probably it's like god knows what now am i wrong am i wrong about that i have to no you're probably right um i don't find him sexy at all but um he probably bought that yeah (laughs) no it's paul rudd who again proves my point i thought it was ryan reynolds and it wasn't it was paul rudd and it's like uh they have essentially the same expression um they do these they they do they they actually look vaguely similar so yeah right and and Mm. you know i i am assuming he bought that title because you know who the hell like (laughs) where did that come from he was just he was just squirrel he was like putting it in his fund you know his like (laughs) man alive fund he's like yeah one day i'll make it and good for him if that's what if that's what it was then good for him you know um it's like yeah i mean i i if if I had a list of sexiest men alive, probably nobody else would agree with it. I'd have to pay them to agree with it. <laughs> uh, and that's what people do. They pay other they people do. to agree with them. And, and that's how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> For anyone who's listening, it's, it's actually whomever is uh, who's got who's holding the whatever. And usually you don't even know. Like, I think I think it would be more interesting to see if how people because they're the measure of a person isn't how they treat the people who are like above them it's how they treat those who they perceive to be you know below them in social status and stature and etc like if they treat those people differently and you know maybe even worse than they treat those who are not then that essentially does mean that they're not like genuine they're just kissing ass um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, I I know I always like to hope I treat everybody the same, but I mean, I don't even know. Somebody else would have to tell me. I mean, I try to. Um, I think because I feel like such a inferior, maybe I treat everybody like a superior. Oh. But that's Why also. Feel... Well, we got to unpack this. Like I'm your therapist now. Why do you feel <laughs> inferior today? I guess I always feel inferior because, like, I never feel like I always feel like I've like reached like a certain level of being good at things, and I can't get past past that point and also just like I I just feel like I'm yeah I just I've reached this like I I reached my peak around 17 as far as creativity one and then it's like I can't get past that and also that's true at all I've seen some of your okay I don't mean to invalidate you no it's okay oh and there's also of course anybody with an eating disorder will always feel inferior as far as their body goes to everybody else so yeah that super sucks um you know and it super sucks because I mean like, you know, I, I've had ED and I have, like, you know, the qualities of someone who's had it. Like, I, I don't know if I currently have one. Pro- I think according to, like, my parentals, I probably do. Because it's like, you're not skinny enough. And I'm like, oh, <sighs> if you only knew, you know, what that uh... would do. Um, 
you know, because there there were times where I did look good, but that was when I had an ED, and it was like yeah. no one cared. So, um, you know, yeah, and and you know, I've even people who I've been on this pod, even though like you know, OG host of this pod has had you know stuff with that, and it's so taboo to talk about because it's like, well, that's how the world works. You have to be skinny if you're a girl, and I'm like probably but I mean, yep. as a as a woman I haven't had any complaints you know <laughs> like you know like in, in any sort of way I think other women judge me a lot um but I don't really know what to do about that I'm like I, I guess like I don't know what to tell you um yeah but I also I also know that there's an importance of like self you know being self-aware and being like healthy is important I don't think that people should go in any extreme in any direction um, but that's, you know, that's not the root of like an ED essentially. And also going back to my OG point, my original point, which is that, uh, you know, when it comes to the peak of creativity, and this also applies to like artists who made it, but we like didn't make it, but we wish they did. Um, the peak of creativity, it c- can't happen when you're, when you're 17, like it, it probably has not even happened yet. You know, I've seen some of your work. I've seen some of your like fashion designs and stuff. Like you have talent, (laughs) you have, you know, you literally wrote a book and had it published. Like that's a big deal, you know? Um, You know, even though it doesn't feel like it, it is a big deal. And I know know, I'm too hung up on commercial success. I think like if something didn't sell any, like really barely any copies, it's not successful. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Well, I (laughs) I think that memoirs in general, um don't have that until and unless someone and it's almost like a catch-22 like you know people don't sell memoirs until they're successful but how do you become successful when you've already like you know when the thing that you wrote that was the most close to you was a memoir you know like that's the one that felt the most true to you that's your first work that got published and it's like you know that's that I I understand where you're coming from with that because it's like where do I go from here but I think yeah I think you'll be able to find and I think you mentioned that you're working on something right right little little yeah teaser I, I, I did I did finish a novel and stuff but it's um I don't know it's just like I don't really think it's it's not like of it's not like the kind of topics that people would be that, that are like in vogue right now I suppose you'd say I don't know but maybe they'll be in vogue by the time that's the thing maybe you have this sort of foresight of you know by the time it's ready to get going and, and sent to publishers and stuff <laughs> perhaps then it'll be like you, you see what I'm saying like what you've written now like people what's in vogue also is a highly overrated b it's changing all the time and yeah. it's also something that isn't I don't know it doesn't seem to be what artists and and people even really create who create like true like you know from the heart art and I didn't mean to make that rhyme but (laughs) people who are who are authentic about their attempts it doesn't seem like that's something that matters you know you created something you wrote another book that's amazing that's amazing you know so that proves right there that you haven't reached the peak of your you know creativity perhaps it's now and and I love that you did that because now that you've written something and you have it in front of you, you now have this amazing opportunity to see what you what you like about it and how to like, go through it to make it, you know, and, and as someone who's in a fiction workshop and has read people's manuscripts and stuff, I can tell you that 
you know, it's a process every time and there's no way for it to be completely ready until you have gotten it to a point where you're like, yeah, like you're feeling good about it. Once you think it's ready, then it's ready. So, (laughs) you know, as much as the, you know, feedback rolls in, you have people read it, you have people, you know, go through it, give it suggestions, workshop it. Like all of those things are really important. And also you get to have the final say as the, as the creator of that work, as the person, as the artist, you have, you get to have that because you're the person who made it. So, you know, yeah. And, and like, I know that's hard because it's like, once you put something out there into the world and sometimes it's like publishers or this or that has (laughs) a whole industry thing. But again, it, because you're not doing it for, you know, you might be surprised to find that what you have written might also resonate with so many other people and you just don't know it yet yeah that'd be cool yeah (laughs) I I think it already happened I mean after we talked about the um after we talked about your memoir on the pod I talked to some people and they freaking bought the book you know they bought your book that's that's really sweet (laughs) well they they were moved by it wasn't just about like you know oh like I should do this for support or whatever it was genuinely like you know really like hey I want to read it out of curiosity I want to read it because you know it's probably like you know someone wrote took the time to write this um <laughs> I want to know what it's about you know I want to read about it and and not just like you know consume content like a mindless zombie on like <laughs> all these like platforms etc like it's a lost art I think I was talking to someone about music um and they they were like people don't listen to whole albums anymore but that changed right like after a while, people did start listening to whole albums and I'll probably switch back yeah. where it's going to go back to like streaming or whatever. But there's for art, there's always going to be a quote unquote market. It's just that having the people who want to read it, that's the yeah. difficult part because, um, you know, it it's reaching those people does take quote unquote marketing. But like, who cares about that? You know, like those like the real audience is you. I think. Yeah, I think people should always write what they like and just hope that other people, if other people like it, that's cool. But if not, at least you wrote something that you like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've talked about it on the pod, but earlier this year, probably at the very beginning of the year, I started ghostwriting for a, I can't like say what it was because like I had to sign a whole thing. But, you know, I didn't realize that the writing that I wrote, I wrote around like 50 or 60K words. Um, eventually I had to stop because it was like too much work for very little pay which is a running theme in this industry. <laughs> but um, uh, the fun thing about it, though, was that I didn't know that I could write that much. And it wasn't very, like, in my standards, it wasn't very good, but it was A, fun, right? And B, yeah. it showed me that I actually can write that much if I don't think the stakes are that high. So yeah, <laughs> I, think that, I think that if you kind of, make it so that the stakes aren't too high for what you've written like and you're just writing for for fun and then you just start submitting it for fun like you might find that you also make it you know yeah it's it, yeah it's, it's good to come up things just for fun yeah <laughs> yeah and and more than just that like there is value in what you write because otherwise you wouldn't have gotten published the first time you know it and and creating and, and collaborating on things like that's what helps artists make it um and you know being supportive and having that community it's hard it's not easy to do but it is something that can be done and it's absolutely something that 
should be done because we have enough like artists that you know didn't make it but we wish they did you know yeah so yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like if anyone can make it it's you you know oh thank you <laughs> and I think you've already like I said I think you've already made it you had your retirement from writing but hey, <laughs> you know they made John Stewart come out of retirement <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> no one can force no one should force you to come out of retirement except for you um yeah you know so if you got to come out of it for whatever reason you do that I that's what I'm planning is just like going underground for a bit you know incubating my art doing my doing my weird artist things everyone thinks I'm so weird and I'm like you're not wrong um (laughs) I think in the beginning of the semester in one of my poetry workshops um one of the professors said that you know, that it wasn't a quote unquote conventional class. And I was like, wasn't it some old dead white dude who said that convention is like the enemy of progress or I'm, I'm misquoting that entirely. I'll look it up. Real quick. Um, there's an Emerson, Emerson quote similar to that, the consistency, the his famous consistency quote. But I think the one that you mentioned might be somebody else. Ooh, I, I convention I... is the. Uh, maybe it's something else. Let me let me look it up. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, it's, it, it, it'll all, all think, oh, complacency is the enemy of progress, uh, oh. apparently. Um, I would argue that convention and complacency go hand in hand. Um, oh, yeah, I when think people, so. Yeah, when people even pretend to be conventional, um, then they turn conventional. Um, <laughs> right? He, he was like, uh, yeah, that's, that's for him, too, because it's like, I don't know. I think it's weird that people always want to like stick labels on things and, and call somebody a quote unquote this or quote unquote that. And, and it always makes sense to me when people just create something and then let everyone else decide what they want about it. And then they just, oh, keep, yeah. they just keep going. That's, they don't have to. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's better to get than, than falling into a big argument about the meaning. You know, it's like just, yeah everybody will have some a different opinion Uh, yeah, so I don't know where I got cut off, but I was saying that the uh, first rule of, like, I don't know if it's the first rule, but one of the rules of, like, workshopping poetry, et cetera, or, like, you know, like, reading poetry is never to assume that the speaker and the poet or the per- the narrator is- are the same person, right? Oh. Is that is that hopefully one of the things that we're... <laughs> I hope that's what it is, because most of the stuff I write is is very much, like, you know, I want to call it, like, it, it, it combines a lot of things like yeah and, and it's not necessarily like taken from verbatim from anything but it has, is inspired by a lot of different things and I collaborate with other people and I ask there because in that regard that's how I get that's when I'm when I'm creating something when I'm writing something that's how I get feedback for it and then the people who have helped me out with it they're also part of that and then that makes that makes the work more meaningful to me um Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's hard to, um, when you give family your writing, especially because they think that everybody is you in the book, and then they take things personally. Oh, it's like, totally. This isn't, this isn't supposed to be me, for God's sake. <laughs> I think that everyone has that feeling where whatever they're reading, it applies to them. And and that I, I don't know if that includes me, um, but I, I do think that when I'm writing something and people think it's about them, I'm like, no, it. I don't even know who this is about. This is about nobody. This is a piece of writing yeah. or a tweet or, a, you know, it doesn't even matter literally what it is as long as people aren't interpreting it or analyzing it for, like, their own to fit a narrative, like, as, yeah. like, a bias. Um, you know, I always try to look at things. Obje- it's not easy to do to look at things objectively. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of effort. Um, <laughs> but I also think that time is its own objectivity. So giving something some time to, to be, uh, you know, its own thing, like it, it time can create objectivity um, the same way yeah. that another person can, because although we're the same people, I don't think that people inherently like change, change. I do think that our perspectives change. And in that manner, yeah. we do change, you know, like I, yeah. my perspectives on things, changed drastically from my freshman year of high school to my senior year of high school drastically definitely yeah I went in with this like weird resentment attitude (laughs) like oh like uh, you know very angsty emo type thing and when I did that I realized that um you know I had just been really like pressed down and unhappy there was no like you know there was nothing inherently wrong but I wasn't feeling like my own person and then after a few years of hard study and like all the stuff that you know all the weird rallies and like this and that, <laughs> you know and and you know time passed I grew up a little bit and experienced occur experiences occurred um and a lot of experiences didn't occur because yeah. you know yeah. I had a different high school experience than even <laughs> like high school or after high school we went to um and so, so you know it was so funny that that was something um that I turned to later and I was like look <laughs> I looked at the letters that I wrote to myself as a freshman and I'm like who is this bitch? Oh, yeah. why is she so com- why is she complaining all the time why is she so negative <sighs> and I mean to be real it was probably the, the, like untreated depression to be real but for the but another part of it was that I had my perspective had shifted I had been yeah. able to overcome a certain amount of you know I had you know given t- thought that I had value in certain aspects and you know, there were certain things that I had done that made me feel like I was a real person and that I was like, you know, someone who did like I, I started to value myself. And when I started to do that, it was much more difficult for my own self to talk down to myself, that's, you know, and that's good. Even, even when other people were talking me down in certain settings, I would keep this intrinsic, you know, value for myself that actually that's not even true like I, I you know like when you're around enough people or settings or places that we perceive that bring us down then we start to begin to believe that we are also you know um, yeah of that of that so that's it's so like weird that everyone thinks that everything is about them that that quality did come from I think being stuck in a pandemic um and and in a quarantine but I think that people also lost a lot of objectivity because of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's something that you gained from the panda? Let's let's shift gears here. Um, I gained um. 
I guess permission just to, I mean, I thought like it seems weird to say permission to be a hermit, but I used to feel really bad about it, but now I don't. Uh, uh, I, like I don't feel that. bad about just being a, more of a homebody. Like it used to seem really stigmatized to be a homebody, but I, at least it's not anymore. It was responsible. Do you remember that? It was it was considered responsible yeah. to not do anything, mm-hmm. and that was both a blessing. I mean, for me, it was uh, a little bit of both. I think the first half of the pandemic, I was like, just I didn't get off the couch because you know, is we all respond to things differently. It was like couch to bed, couch to bed groceries delivered that kind of thing and then eventually I was like what am I doing like I live in a place where there are so many beautiful things to look at within 15 minutes I could just get in my car and go somewhere and then that's how I started like going to literally every beach on the coast that I possibly could and and, I mean it's funny because I know the locals here they're like well you go to the beach that's like not cute anymore because we live here and we don't actually go to the beach ever and I'm like all right well I'm going to though because I didn't grow up here but also I still grew up in California so I still like water and I still like you know natural beauty and there's so many things around that are so cool and so like I don't know. Like, I still haven't gone to Joshua Tree, and that's like right there. You know? Oh, I know. I, just, I, I guess I'm just, Yeah, I guess I'm just scared to go by myself because I'm not like a camping type person. I'm a glamper. Oh, yeah. I would totally, I would totally glamp. You know, in a yurt. I've been <laughs> wanting to glamp in a yurt for years, and no one wants to do it with me. <laughs> oh. And you know, I'm just like, yo, like I'll book it. Like you know, we'll go. Um, you know, let's let's do this. If you are able to finish your novel, put it a stamp on it, and send it out, the first publisher you send it to. We'll, we'll go glamping in a yurt, um, and even if you don't come, I'll, like, FaceTime you from there or something, uh, okay. and I'll show you around, because I know that you'll probably be like, oh, I've already glamped in a yurt. Uh, that's what I'm doing right now in Wisconsin. <laughs> 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 um, you know, and, you know, again, like, I, I'm really proud of you for completing your manuscript, like, for, for writing another book. Like, oh, what? Like, mm-hmm. amazing. Like, good job, <laughs> you know? It's not an easy task to do. And, you know, you freaking did it. So oh, thank I you. Think, I think ending on that note is a is a positive way. Yeah. And our uh, mostly <laughs> mostly morose podcast. episode. <laughs> 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 um, but hey, that's the thing, right? Like it, there's always going to be a sliver of like, yeah, you know, things could end now. But what if they get better? Like they can always get worse. Yeah. But there's also a chance that things could get better. And that's really good that's really important um is is to live for those better moments and not think too hard about the ones that are not working panning out at the moment yeah Um, yeah I've spoken wildly too long so no that's okay I I find it interesting (laughs) uh thank you a lot of people don't they're like when will this like people I I talk so I'm like I was the um I was the monopolizer of every, like, workshop conversation, like, everything this semester. Um, not because I wanted to be, really. It, it honestly was not because I wanted to be. It was honestly just, uh, I don't know, visibility matters, you know? Like, yeah. I think that it's important that I represent, so to speak, even though there is nobody out there who is asking for that. Like, nobody asked for this. But, <laughs> but I decided to do it anyway just because, um, why not? You know, why not do it? Why not be somebody who can do both? You know, they say that you go farther alone, but you go, wait, no, you go faster alone, but you go farther together. Like you can do both. It's 2021, you know? Yeah. It's almost almost 2022. Um, (laughs) So I guess um, I'll, and and we'll, 
for this pod episode. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Yay! Another one in the books. Uh, episode 31, out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Not joking, just joking, we are joking.